Right. So no preambles this time. Let's crack on there because uh, it's ridiculous now. Ikimashou. <laughs> no, it's the wrong podcast. Ikimashou. <laughs> wrong podcast, yeah. Want to save that catchphrase for your own. We don't want cross-contamination, so to speak. <laughs> um, right, okay. Mm. Okay. Right, we're good to go? Yep, let's do it. Just sitting in the lobby of the hotel on day three, waiting for you-know-who to appear after his rigorous morning cleansing rituals. We're heading straight to Narrow this morning for a place called Jazz Pub Gentry. And we're hopeful to sneak into Blue Note, but might not be possible on account of the fact that they have a gig on today. <clears throat> we did try calling them, but um, we got the double Muzukashi on the phone, which ultimately in Japan is a way of saying no, probably. So let's see what happens. But... Um, yeah, that's kind of the nature of the project, ultimately. You never know quite know what is going to happen, and you never quite know what you're going to find, which drives you on, but also can be a bit frustrating at times, especially when you've travelled longer distances at your own expense. He's here, finally. Just been explaining about your morning cleansing ritual. Any thoughts? I'd like to send seven minutes early to the plan because being living in Japan, I stick to plans very efficiently. Never late, never early. And uh, washed, powdered up, ready to go. Powdered up there. There's a thought for you. Okay, welcome everyone to Tokyo Jazz Joints Podcast. This is episode 60 and the great debate from the previous episode has indeed been resolved and I can now confirm uh, I made an executive decision <laughs> based on the need for editing or, or rather the lack of editing that this is indeed the fourth part of a three-day trip to Kansai as promised. So you got four parts and if you're listening to this one, You've made it to the fourth and final instalment. Three days in Kansai. We've got some good stories to tell. But before that, James, how the devil are you? I am <clears throat> rocking and rolling as usual on a Saturday night. Just about to crack into my second can of Orion beer. Um, still searching for that sponsorship, by the way. So if anyone from the great Asahi Brewery is listening, just get in touch with us. Um, but feeling good, Philip. Feeling very, very good. And a lot of stories to tell today, not just about our Osaka trip. I believe, we don't want to bury the lead here, you have been a very, very busy bee over in Europe doing what seems to be endless amounts of PR for our wonderful book. So I want to ask you a couple of questions about that. Where no, have you been formal. most recently and where are you going uh, very shortly? Oh, blimey. Well, I'll tell you, I like this, this time yesterday I was in the lovely city of Amsterdam, which um, shockingly, I would say from Belfast is probably easier to get to than London. And I mean that because it's an hour and 15 on a flight. And when you get to Amsterdam, because a lot of Europe has what's known as a public transport system that you get to the airport and you just come out and you get from the plane onto a train and with about 15-20 minutes you're in the heart of Amsterdam at the central station there so I just went over for the night for the unseen Amsterdam uh, book fair and photo fair and uh, the publishers uh, Kara Verlag who's published the wonderful Tokyo Jazz Joints book even if we say so ourselves they were there with a stand uh, and so it was a good chance to go over do a bit of a signing sign some books uh, chat to some people and also um, spend uh, a few hours with the ever 
patient, long-suffering Sandra, who is in charge of foreign distribution. She's not on social media, James. She has what uh, you probably remember when you were first in Japan, that phone that doesn't even flip. It's that far back. Uh, Mm. So she will never, Mm. ever hear this. But nevertheless, it's important to say thank you to her because she has been an absolute stalwart. Uh, The books are flying out of distribution centres in Germany. The stocks are dwindling. And I think from this week, uh, although obviously when people are listening to this, it'll be a couple of weeks later at least. But uh, the UK has been restocked uh, and the US has been stocked. And we're hopefully going to get some books out to yourself in Japan when we get the distribution going there. So it's been brilliant. I'm off to Rhinoceros next week, a place you haven't made it to yet, but uh, mm, you love it nevertheless. One, that's the uh, one I am very, very That's the one, right? About. That yes, is the yes. one. Well, Benedicta Martina, well, much love sent to you guys. I will be there one day. Definitely promise. Um, yeah, because, I mean, um, everyone, it's funny, Philip, you know, we've talked a lot about all of these uh, places. We've even interviewed a lot of them around the world, these, you know, Japanese jazz-inspired listening bars or, you know, jazz kisa. Um, but everyone that I know who has passed through Rhinoceros, which is quite a bit now because generally people do get in touch. In fact, a lot of people, Philip, will send me a message like, James, you won't believe it. I found this jazz kisa type place in Berlin. Have you ever heard of it? And then it'll be a picture of rhinoceros you know um yeah and so you know we, we we definitely like we appreciate all of the love and support from from those guys and god yeah i wish i could join you for that that would that would yeah well much love to rhinoceros as you say we're going over uh julie and i are going over for just the night so we're heading out early saturday morning we're gonna have a bit of a party at rhinoceros we'll have some books for sale which hopefully by the time that you hear this will already be sold but it should be just a chance to celebrate the book, celebrate the project, uh, play some tunes, have some nice cocktails. Uh, and yeah, it's 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 fabulous. If you're listening in Japan, um, please go into your local bookshop and ask for the Tokyo Jazz book. Uh, there are a few copies now in Japan. There's going to be some more coming, but I think the more people are asking for it, the more likely books uh, booksellers are going to be getting on to distributors and trying to get copies of it. So it's gradually making its way around the world and it uh, will be in Japan. We know there's a demand for books there and hopefully you'll be able to get that soon if you haven't already got your hands on a copy. If you're ever stuck, just go to Care of Relag. Uh, you can get those links via the tokyojazzjoints.com website. Uh, and you can get yourself a copy of the book directly from the publisher as well. Assuming, of course, James, assuming that there are any left. But anyway, that's a story for another podcast, perhaps. That is, uh, yes, yes. Uh, I would estimate maybe about a, a 20 minute long podcast, probably. Um, but in any case, uh, we are finishing up. We are finishing up our three day four-part journey in the lovely Kansai area of Western Japan. And this time, Philip, we've we've been very thorough talking about Osaka in the last couple episodes. Um, on this particular trip, we did not go to Kyoto, but we've talked about Kyoto before. But there is another very integral part of the Kansai region that a lot of people, and this is really sad, actually, because... So many tourists, especially Western tourists, come over. Everybody wants to go to Kyoto for for obvious reasons. Um, You know, the old ancient cultural capital. But in fact, the even more ancient capital of Japan is a city called Nara, which is about, I would say, maybe 30, 40 kilometers east of Osaka. It's much, much smaller than Kyoto. It's much, much older. And to be honest, it's a hell of a lot nicer and friendlier. And so, you know, I was really lucky, Philip, because... Last summer, in 2022, um, myself and my son, we went down there for a weekend just to do some, you know, just do some sightseeing, have a little guide trip. And uh, but of course, that included a couple of jazz stops. So I found a couple of great places. I remember excitedly calling you to tell you about them. And finally, when you got back, uh, we decided that we would go from Osaka and and take the train. I th- believe it was Sunday. Was it that Sunday morning? The, the, the three days we were I think there. it was a Sunday morning because I think the next day... You left us. And actually, this week, I've been going through trying to claim back some bits and pieces. And uh, I've been going through all these receipts. So it's been like a trip down memory lane, remembering all these uh, (laughs) different places that we ate and drank. But yeah, it was that last day, uh, I think on the Monday, I headed off to Kochi and you headed back home. But um, we started off in a, a place that 
I would say is has got to be. I mean, I feel like we say this all the time, so it's probably means less now. But certainly, <laughs> just in terms of the of the theatre and the experience overall, uh, jazz pub gentry in Nara has got to be up there with just a unique, a unique uh, take on the jazz kisa, right? Wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, jazz pub gentry. You know, it's it's amazing. Obviously, uh, famous in the area. Even amidst an area, so uh, Philip, this is something that I didn't know. Um, many people who are listening have visited Japan, and they'll know that like one of the delicacies and treats that you get in the summertime in Japan is called kakigori, which is basically like what what I would call from New York shaved ice, what a lot of other people would call like a snow cone. Okay, you know, you just you shave down the ice and you you pour the syrup on top, but that doesn't quite capture the full experience of what these kakigori snow cones are in uh, Western Japan. They are very, very elaborate with dozens of flavors, sometimes with multiple flavors put inside. And not only that, um, how would you describe the size of, of this kakigori shaved ice that you Look, order? I, 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 think, I think you're really underselling this kakigori because anyone who's been <laughs> to Japan, you'll, you'll have seen, you get, a, you get a little container, like a sort of an ice cream scoop container quite often. Shaved ice is on there. Somebody grabs a plastic bottle that you would have ketchup in and they squirt a load of like sugary syrup with a load of E-numbers on top of it. But this place, right? So I, just as we speak, James, I'm looking at you... <laughs> I'm looking at a photograph. I'm looking at a photograph of you in the background. Now I know, obviously, you're slightly further away, but the, the kakigori that was sitting in front of me is, in this photo at least, is the same size as your head. But <laughs> the photograph of you now, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you went for a for a choc choco mint, but it's yes. basically the size of a small football, and by football I mean soccer ball. It's absolutely enormous and what is incredible about it is that it's not just a load of flavors on top so we watched actually the making a few of them and they shave a load of ice and then they kind of put in layers and then they put more ice and what's amazing is the guy kind of compacts it all so he's like almost like kneading the ice together and making it like so it's quite a firm thing and then it gets covered with more flavors so you have all these different sort of levels of flavor and it's not just like a strawberry sauce or whatever because mine had like roasted caramelized apples or something like that in it so it's just astonishing it's one one of the it's one of the just most like unbelievably refreshing and delicious things especially because well philip our trip was in april so it wasn't hot yet but when i went with my boy we were down there in july sorry just just dropped my phone on the table so apologies (laughs) for that it wasn't even. It wasn't even I that hot. I'm, 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 I'm the one drinking the Orions here. What's going on? Only had a cup um, of okay, tea. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll get that back. Um, so, Philip, um, you know, when you and I went, it was in April. Okay, so it wasn't really hot yet. But when I had gone last year with my boy, we were down there in July, and you can imagine what July in the Kansai region is like. I mean, it's just stupidly hot and humid, right? So, of course, one of our stops was Gentry, and my boy, being a teenager, has an endless appetite so he got one of these gigantic kakigoris and i always make a deal with him i'm like look you come to the jazz spot with me and i'll buy you one item of food whatever you want so we went in there he loved it the 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 young guy that runs gentry uh with his elderly mother you know were really happy to chat with us uh, because we spoke japanese they were telling us oh yeah you know we get a lot of because so many foreign tourists now in japan and especially going to places like nara and they would come in they would see the sign for this kakigori and come in not even knowing that it was a jazz place okay but he was saying like oh you know i'm always kind of like trying my best with english but it's really hard so it's really great to talk to you two guys in japanese so they were really friendly and nice so we each you know we have our kakigori i talked to them a little bit about the jazz um right when you come in and this is gentry is a small place it seats 15 people there's a piano on the back wall so they do have live music as well on the weekends so but it's very very small uh if you're thinking about max capacity but right on the left side when you walk in not only is there a floor to ceiling cabinet of i 
I mean, I would estimate a couple thousand records, but also a really beautiful little Tanuki uh, statue. Um, it's not little, tanuki. James. The thing's the thing is like the thing is the size of a small child. It's not little. It's massive. <laughs> It goes. It goes to the height of the second row of, of record shelves. It's no, enormous. Little sure? statue. Yes, oh I'm looking God. at a picture of it now. It's absolutely enormous. Okay, I I don't I don't have uh, for some reason I can't find a picture of the vinyl. Maybe I cut that off because my memory is that it was on the floor uh, and not that tall. But uh, well, a tanuki for our, our listeners who are outside Japan is is a, is a, is, a, is a sort of a they translate it as a raccoon dog. It's an animal that is native to Japan and has a lot of importance in Japanese folklore. Okay, so you see these little statues of these little sort of smiling, kind of cute little animals because they they act as you often see them in front of a house or in the front of a shop or right in the entry because they they'll be wearing a big hat that's supposed to ward off against disasters, especially natural disasters. And their big eyes are there because they're sort of like they're observing everything conscious of what's happening and their smile is that they're welcoming you into the shop so everything about these little tanuki you know raccoon dog statues has a sort of a significance um but i couldn't recall seeing them up here in this part of the country in in eastern japan in the kanto region so i looked it up a little bit and apparently it is kind of a western japanese thing people have them in their front gardens and all of the shops have them so Jazz Pub Gentry mm. has the beautiful, like, cabinet of vinyl, the real, well, bigger than I remember, statue of, of the, ta- the Tanuki, the welcoming Tanuki statue. And then, and Philip, we got to get back to the ice. Uh, not to say the music wasn't good in Gentry. It was good. They're playing vinyl. It sounds really great. And all of that. But well, well, it's, def- we witnessed- it's definitely like a, it's sort of like a distraction in the way, because it, like, it, it does actually say Jazz Pub Gentry outside. And when you come in, I mean, it, it's one of those places that it, it feels like a little bit like a mix because I'm looking at a photo you come in and as you said when you go past the records the Tanuki then there's a there's a counter on the left like a you know with like a bar fairly straightforward bar bar counter and you know it's dropped down so when you go in behind the counter you're kind of below floor level and then on the back wall there is two enormous speakers built into the wall and they actually very kindly took off the speaker covers for us and in the middle is and we're back to our nautical is really disappointing actually because it's actually just called I think a ship's wheel but they've got this ship's wheel on the back wall it is not called a ship's wheel it is I looked it up it's called what? a ship's wheel it is yeah. not nonsense I was so I was so disappointed so dissatisfying anyway so so they have this wooden ship's wheel and then on the right like you said there's a piano it's covered covered with like whiskey bottles, like in it, both open and in boxes. And then there's just seems to be like a row of like baskets and a few boxes of ingredients and things like that. So it has that slightly storeroomy feel that you get like in a lot of Japanese well, shops, that's, right? That's interesting because, okay, first of all, two points, even more importantly, I had to look it up on lifeofsailing.com. The ship's wheel is called the helm. I knew it had a proper name. Ship's wheel sounds ridiculous. Okay. I so feel like that's not. The, the actual wheel is not the actual helm, though, right? Well, it, who knows? But th- there's our there's our blurb for the day, <laughs> our edit for this show. But in any case, um, but Philip, I remember that because we went on a Sunday, right? And and but you and I and Julie went early. I remember because the kakigori was so good that my boy, the next morning on Sunday, he was like, Dad, before we go off and do some of the temple walk stuff, I want to go back for another another session. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. So we went there right when they they, they weren't open at the, at the usual time because the guy was setting up for a Sunday afternoon live gig. And I saw him. It's so funny you mentioned the whiskey bottles because he was actually clearing off the piano and getting the no, sort of okay. audio system yeah, yeah. ready. And so as soon as we like poked our head in, he looked at us and he started laughing. And he was like, he knew, he knew right away. He was like, you guys want some more kakigori, right? And I was like, well, he does. But since I'm here, I'll get one too, you know? And he's like, all right, all right, come on in, you know? In that real kind of Western Japan way of being really casual, like, you know, 
not the not the usual sort of stuff you'd find in Tokyo where it's like, oh, sorry, uh, we're not open for another hour. Um, could you please come back? You know, he would immediately. Or like, we're not sorry. open for another thirteen minutes, and you're just made to yeah, stand outside yeah. until. Yeah. So you know, he get you know he let us come in, and you know we we had a good laugh about it, and then he was like, well, you know, the gig is not for a couple hours. You know, maybe you guys want to come back after the sightseeing, and I was like, look, I'd love to come back, and we actually did walk by. And, you know, because you mentioned how, you know, how small it is. We walked by and there were people standing outside and you could tell they were regulars because they were standing there with their drinks and everybody was talking and like people were coming in and out. So it was clearly like a, like a regular sort of session on a Sunday afternoon. So I was so happy to see that because, yeah, you know, I mean, as great as the shaved ice is, you still want to know that like there's a little bit of a jazz scene going on. And Nara, not a very big city doesn't really have a lot of live clubs one of the live jazz clubs that i walked by just because i wanted to take a sign a picture of the sign um you know had been closed when you look look through the door it was completely empty so there's not really a lot of live music there you've got to go to kyoto or osaka for that um but anyway gentry was yeah an absolute an absolutely wonderful tiny little spot and um one that you know again we add that to the list of sort of like jazz plus you know what I mean? Whether it's jazz and wine or jazz and bicycles or whatever. So here you've got jazz and and, and the, the delicious snow cones. Yeah, I mean, and I think <clears throat> I think we're forgetting one very important thing is that we didn't order the most exciting kakigori, did we? Because there was a younger couple, oh, very shit, much a, that's right, <laughs> very much on yes. very much on a date vibe. Uh, <laughs> you know, very much a Sunday Sunday date date vibe and. They ordered, now, uh, there may be a video lurking somewhere in someone's phone, but basically <laughs> they ordered whatever the sort of uh, flagship uh, dish was and it came out, I mean, it was enormous, but perhaps more impressively, it seemed to be doused in alcohol. So very quickly, the lights were turned off, uh, the curtain was pulled over and I feel like there was singing involved as well. I may be misremembering that, but certainly it was very much like, okay, we're going to do it. And we were all encouraged. Oh, um, no, he made an announcement. He was like, okay, yeah, that's get, right. get, get your videos ready because yeah. I'm starting. Here it comes. And that was and confusing. Sure it was confusing too because I think there was signs. Wasn't there signs? There was a couple of signs up about no photos and filming. And so obviously uh, there, we, there were, we went. There was a gigantic sign of like with the red circle, you know what I mean? With the line through it of like, do not take pictures in here, which was inexplicable because, yeah, he, he immediately says to everybody like, OK, get your get your cameras out and you can video this this couple's whatever you call it, flaming mountain of shaved ice. Yeah, and they they set fire to it, right? I mean, it's really impressive, you know. So anyway, that's your Instagram moment. So not only can you get uh, jazz and gentry, you can get your... Uh, you can get your Instagram content with a flaming, literally flaming bowl of ice. Uh, you know, so uh, highly a, recommended. Uh, yeah, a wonderful spot. And and also, like, if you are um, spending time in Nara, where Gentry is, which is right at the end of a long Shotengai covered shopping street. And it's right at the entry of the neighborhood called uh, Naramachi, which is, uh, coincidentally enough, the, the site of the next joint that we're going to talk about. Naramachi is a, is, is a, is a big but it's a very walkable area of where the old sort of houses are in Nara. Many of them have been restored. Philip, we went into a couple of them, didn't we, to go sort of check in. You know, you, you walk in and you can see the way these houses were 400 years ago with the Japanese garden. and the, the, the That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. It's Gorgeous places, just a, just right? Beautiful, beautiful spot. And here is a, a little bit of a mysterious one. So, Philip, I think I've mentioned on the pod. Yeah, definitely. It was one of the previous Osaka episodes. So, uh, years ago, I used to make maybe three or four times a year, year trips down to Osaka to visit my wife's grandmother. We would bring the kids down there and we would spend a weekend in Osaka. And I would always get one of those days to go out and do sort of my jazz wanderings. And when I was in Kyoto one time, and this is going way back now, right? This is going back, what, 2015 or something, uh, maybe even earlier. I remember walking down an alleyway and I was looking for a place uh, called Blue Note because someone had told me that there is a Blue Note bar, no affiliation to the Blue Note Club um, in Kyoto. And I found it. 
and I found the sign, and it was one of those. Do you remember Herbie in Machida when you go down the steps, and it's just that kind of basement with like five or six different bars in one hallway? I mean, we've been to a million places that have that sort of vibe, you know, vibe. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that on a side street in Kyoto, but the, the place was dark, and it not not just closed. I mean, like dark, as if it was like not open anymore but nobody had any information um, this was before i had discovered i think before it even existed the jazz kisa information group on facebook that a lot of the japanese people post info you know about places that are closed or moved so i was like oh well man that's that's too bad it must have closed down whatever i just took a note and i forgot about it what i didn't know was that a year later it had reopened it had moved from kyoto all the way to Nara, to the Naramachi neighborhood. So it had been in Kyoto since 1961, a tiny, tiny place, 10 to 12 seats with a couple of spaces for people to stand, but a tiny stage as well, so they would have live gigs. And I don't mean local live gigs. They had people like Jimmy Smith and Mal Waldron and Elvin Jones play there. So it was a really, really famous, tiny kusa in Kyoto. But they moved to Nara because they couldn't it couldn't sustain itself anymore in its location in Kyoto. And the new one in Nara amazingly kept the sort of they've got this beautiful sort of U-shaped counter, which is the main bar. And on it it's got the sort of it's got a design that it looks like a piano with the white keys and the black keys. You can easily see a picture of it on the website. And they echo but that the rest- on the door as well, don't they? So the actual door has that same design. That U-shaped door, arch, exactly. like an arch with the piano keys. Yeah. They, they brought they brought all that over. Um, Amazing. And they even brought over the sign. And this is, again, uh, uh, Philip, I always tend to speak in hyperbole, but, but this baffled me for many, many years. The logo of the Blue Note in Kyoto and then the Blue Note Naramachi is a I, – I, I, I described it this way to a friend of mine who's a real classic rock fan and he was like that is absolutely accurate people who are fans of the group roxy music might remember their first couple albums when brian eno the famous producer was in the group and brian eno had a a, how would you describe his fashion at that point he dressed up a little bit like an alien that that was that was his style he had this weird kind of half bald hairstyle and a fierce look on his face in this like kind of alien type outfit anyway it was very distinct the logo of Blue Note is almost identical to what Brian Eno looked like in the band Roxy Music. And I was just perplexed by this. I could never understand why it was on their matchbooks. It was anytime you looked around, you'd see people with photos of the postcards and this and that. It's totally curious. So I well, I first came across there. I first mm-hmm. came across that actually in Groovy and Sapporo. So I, I that that had always stuck and I I just hadn't I hadn't quite made the connection that it was this one in Nara because I remember photographing the matchbook of Blue mm. Note and it's so distinctive that design right so I it, it sort of it was one of those two putting two and two together moments when I got there I was like oh, okay so this is it right so I hadn't actually twigged that that was the same one but I remember very clearly having that photograph which is I think somewhere on the Instagram actually uh, of of the the owner in Groovy and Sapporo who who had all the matchbooks you know and he kept them all in in like a in a book, oh, and, that, and we. That's right, because the the master Groovy, he he was like us. He had traveled the whole country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jazz keys for thirty years. Yeah. So and and it was really curious, right? Because Philip, we've seen a lot of matchbooks and business card Macy's from the jazz joints, right? Like they're kind of consistent in their design. So this weird, a very rather scary looking face didn't make any sense at all. Well, it's not jazz. It just doesn't have a jazz feel to it at all, right? And even the no. even the typography just doesn't look like it's got a more of like a horror-y glam kind of vibe. <laughs> yes, yes, you know? yes. A, a horror movie or like a punk live club or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so when 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 my son and I went in, and uh, and and again, it was one of those things where you know they weren't quite open, but the lady saw us, and then she like. Kind of was like nervous, you know, that thing, you know, like, oh, with the foreigners, they're lost. How do I speak English? So I just elbowed my boy and he busted out in native Japanese, like, oh, is it okay if we come in just for coffee? And she was just completely over the moon. She's like, oh, yes, please come in, you know? So we we came in, um, same type of deal. She was sort of preparing for the live gig that would be happening three hours or four hours later, but she was happy to serve us coffee and juice. 
And uh, so I started talking to her. So she told me the story about how the place moved, um, et cetera, et cetera, and how like, you know, this, this bigger space was just more basically economically feasible because you could get more customers. It just wasn't the kind of thing where you could hold a live gig anymore and pay the band at the old Kyoto bar. You know what I mean? Where you could get maybe 15 people in there. And now the new Blue Note Naramachi there is quite, quite large. You could probably get 50, 60 people. So we're having the great conversation. And finally, before I go, I say, hey, listen, can you tell me about this logo uh, that looks like Brian Eno? And she doesn't know who Brian Eno is, right? So I'm like, oh, uh, Western musician, doesn't matter. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's easy. You know, the old Mama-san was, was an art student at the Kyoto Art uh, University, and her specialty was, you know, sort of like black and white sketches, portraits. And uh, this was one that she did for an assignment that was, you know, particularly like praised. So she decided to use it uh, on the matchbooks. It has nothing to do with jazz. It's just one of her personal drawings. And I was like, I was kind of like, I was so happy to hear the resolution of the story. But I was also a little disappointed. I was like, wait, so it's basically just some random sketch that she did. Just as she just peaked, she peaked in her <laughs> yeah. sketching career. She was like, "This is the pinnacle. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open yeah. a jazz place now and use totally. this as the logo." Completely, it's got nothing to do with jazz, nothing to do with Kyoto, like at all. It's just like a random, like scary-looking Western face that one day she drew in black and white. But um, it was really good to visit there, and it was really good to sort of solve that mystery. And and you know, I was sorry that you know you and I couldn't get in. It was just the timing. We were only in Nara for a couple hours, and it was. Well, I was gonna say, yeah. Because, I mean, just to clarify, like you're talking about the time you went and actually on this trip that we're uh, talking about on this episode mm. and, and the previous three, unfortunately, we, we couldn't get in there. We did actually try a couple of times. I think I have a sound clip somewhere just documenting that process. But we did try a couple of times to get in in terms of just calling, say, look, we're just going to pop in. I think you tried to, to kind of... Uh, use your son once again as leverage to try and see if like, oh, do you remember us? We were here recently and like, could we just pop back in? And I think it was basically a, a hard no in the end uh, because of the of the gig. So we, we loitered um, outside, um, hopefully for a few minutes. And I have a couple of photos, obviously, of the door and the entrance and, and the exterior. But I think that'll have to be one that's um, that's saved up for the next for the next trip. Like, so unfortunately, but I mean, we any didn't make it in there. Back to uh, any excuse to get back to Nara, which is which is just one of my favorite places in Japan. It's it's got the history, it's got the beautiful architecture, the nature. Um, the people are infinitely more friendly than the people in Kyoto. Many apologies that to I, from Kyoto and listening. Say, keeping, like, up my, keeping up my tradition of insulting yeah, try not, of Try not to population. lose all the listeners if you can, because, I mean, we've lost <laughs> large swathes of Europe. Uh, there's uh, probably, we, I believe you said we lost Finland, right? Yes. It's, Finland's it's, definitely it's gone. I mean, they we are, we but, are dead um, to them. But, but look, it was oh, one of those is, days, yeah, actually. No, it was great. Yeah. It was quite a nice day, though, because we, we, we nipped off, did a bit of sightseeing, um, and probably without a doubt like the most chilled of the of the three uh of the four no three four yeah three days most chilled of the four parts of the three days it was the most chilled of the three days easy for you to say uh yeah so you know uh, it, it was quite a nice day now we we wrapped up in nara after a bit of sightseeing and we jumped on the train back to what had become in even in that short space of time had become somewhat of a, a mystery, right? Because we had a few, we had a few kind of hunches about different places. We had like names and the odd sort of photo on, you know, uh, Google Maps and things like that. There was a place called Xion. I think there was another place called Riff or Riffs. But in mm. the end, we had to make a few executive decisions uh, in terms of timing and location and all those sort of things. So what we did was we made a beeline for what became a bit of a nemesis because. When we first arrived, we, we weren't sure even about the name. Uh, it was, it, we, we went through different iterations of it, but I think it was the fourth, on this day, this was the fourth time that we had come. And no matter what we did, whether we called, whether we looked it up online, we could not get the times, right? And I think we had looked up the opening times and we were like, oh, well, it's definitely open at this time today on Sunday. Now, mm. this was Jazz Ya, right? Which was tucked in under the train tracks. And on the fourth 
attempt to get in, we turned up very confident, only to find once again that it was closed. After which I think subsequently well, you essentially shouldered your way into the bar, didn't you really? I well, mean, you basically, I, I, you put your foot in the door and you wouldn't yeah. remove it till he let us in. Well, Philip, th- th- this, that's because you, you, you say this is the fourth time, but, but it was actually the seventh time for me because, as I mentioned, I used to go to Osaka a couple, two, three times a year for several years. You haven't, me- you haven't mentioned that. And, and I... I <laughs> had tried to go to Jazz Yah before. And every time I went, it was closed to the point where like after the third time I had gone, I was just thinking like, I don't care what the web says. This place is just not open anymore. And you know, with some of the jazz joints, it's a little, you know, mysterious online. The, the, the opening hours don't really match reality, et cetera, et cetera. But I had actually gone there even previously before you and I. So this time I was like, okay, that's it. We're gonna get in. So do you remember what happened? Was the guy came and he's like, no, 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 no. Like, well, I think uh, we saw we him through the. There was like a. There was a tiny window in the door. I think we. I think we basically. There was because the couple of times that we had gone, it was it, the shutter was completely down, right? But on this occasion, yes, the yes. door was closed, but there was like a small window, and we could see him through there, which is, I think is why we started to to kind of knock the door. Isn't that what happened? That's exactly right. And then and then once he came over and he was kind of like, no, no, no. And, and I, I, I kind of said, wait, I thought you were open. It says open. He's like, no, no, we only have an afternoon session on Sunday. He was in there doing what? Well, this is what I discovered later on. He was there doing uh, some video editing. OK, because basically jazz. Yeah, is uh, I wouldn't describe it as a kiss of 10. I would describe it as a. A combination live place, wooden, very cluttered, messy, old, uh, under the train tracks jazz joint. Okay, for lack of uh, lack of a better, more 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 uh, succinct way to describe it. I mean, it's it's just it's such a strange location because again. Uh, there's a, tons of places to drink under the train tracks everywhere you go in Japan, Japanese cities, right? Especially in Osaka, as we've talked about. But when you've got a music joint, especially if you're playing live music, I mean, when that train goes by above you, it is deafeningly loud, okay? So all I could think about was like, how are you playing gigs here? Uh, you know, in oh, it's, not a place, it's not a place for train. torch singers, right? It's not a place for torch singers uh, or ballads. I mean, it's just so loud, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it, you know, I mean, the building's practically shaking. But in any case, you know, he, I, I kind of like, I kind of went a bit New York on the guy, and I was like, "Listen, man, we've tried so many times. Like, you have to let us in. We just, we just want to come in for like fifteen minutes." And he was like, "Okay, okay, come on in." And uh, so, you know, we sit down, and so I immediately start to schmooze with him, um, and he turns out to be just this lovely dude, uh, Shimoya-san. He he basically, Philip. I don't know if we actually even talked about this afterwards because you were so caught up with your purchasing, but um, he told me. He told me that, uh, you know, because I, I, I described our our project and our whole trip, and this was the last one, and we were so happy to finally get in, et cetera, et cetera. We were leaving in the morning. And uh, he immediately said, like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm not a jazz kisser. In fact, I, I hate jazz kisser culture. And I was just like, ooh, okay, so somebody says that to you. What's your reaction going to be? Like, okay, I want to hear more. You know, so he goes on not not and not at all in an aggressive way. He was really smiley and lovely, but he was basically just saying like, oh, you know, I mean, it's just so elitist. Um, it's just it's not friendly to people who want to come in. Like, I don't want my place to be a place of regulars. I want people to walk by and hear music and come in because they, wow, what's that? I want to hear that music. You know, so. He was just saying, like, you know, he didn't like that culture of sitting there with your eyes closed, super hyper-focused on the music with, you know, with a great audio system. He wanted a place where people were lively and talking and drinking and listening to the live group and then drinking with the live band afterwards. And that's Which is like, interesting, uh, right? Because, like, hmm. that, that's something that came up a lot on this trip, you know. And I, I don't know. I mean, apologies if, if this is, like, doubling up on the previous episode. But we mentioned, certainly, about that conversation Clifford, I don't know if we talked about it when we went to Bar Jazz, but again, they were very clear 
on making this distinction between what they were doing and this idea of jazz quiza. Now, obviously, we don't need to get in. And there's a note in the book about this, even like, you know, jazz quiza might be one thing to one person. And, you know, there's a very specific meaning and there's a more general meaning. And then there's people using it in a way that it doesn't really have any meaning. But also, like, that was the third time that, like, down in that region that someone had said, look, I don't, you know, either, no, 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 we're not a jazz quiza. And one of the reasons seemed to be this association with, you know, old men specifically in the dark, not speaking, arms folded, head down, like being, you know, really listening to the music. And of course, there's nothing wrong with that, but there definitely seemed to be this association, don't you think? Like, I mean... Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and I am I was thinking, I, I couldn't quite gather whether it was a coincidence or whether there was some... Look, we, we spoke a little bit about the sort of cultural difference between Eastern and Western Japan. And I mean specifically Osaka now, not Kyoto or Nara. And that maybe... Is there something in the Osaka culture which is just a little bit more like no 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 we're we're communal, we we we're not like the people in Tokyo who are just you know snobs with their nose in the air, you know, and so in the jazz world too we're not going to sit here in silence with some stern owner, you know, glaring at you because you happen to say something to your friend. Like here we're about having a good time. Now that might be a little bit of a stereotype. And I've I, I've had had friends from Osaka who don't like that stereotype that they're all a bunch of like lively laughing drunkards. Um Philip being from Ireland, there go, I'm sure you're familiar go, with that stereotype, right? There goes so, there goes Osaka and Ireland as well, listenership dwindling well, as we speak. You know, keep going, it, keep going, it, keep going. It's it's a it is a but here in Tokyo that that is the stereotype that people do say about people from Osaka and I've had Osaka friends you know really resent that and then at the same time they'll come back and say like oh these Tokyo people are so stiff they don't know how to party like when you come and drink in Osaka it's you drink with everyone and you have a great time and blah 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 and when I was speaking with the owner of Jazio with Shimoya-san it really was striking me because he was he he made it I didn't even bring it up he made a specific effort to explain to me he's like look I don't want a place with just Joden-san, with just regulars. Like my place, I want to bring in new people to like share this music. And that's why when we when we knocked on the door, that's why he was sitting there even it was closed. He was uploading the day's gig to his YouTube page. Uh, well, no, first he was editing it and putting in English subtitles about what the band was talking about, which was incredible. It's unbelievable, right? It's like painstaking. I mean, it's incredible like, that this really man was doing slow. this. Yeah, really, really slow process to do that because he didn't speak English very well at all. And uh, he's got this like really extensive YouTube page with all of the live gigs that are there. And I'd never seen that before. I, I was kind of in awe of this dude, to be honest. I was like, you're, you're like just amazing. Yeah, I mean, it was... It, it was it, like there was kind of two things going on because... We came in and it started as a, oh, can we just pop in for five minutes? And then obviously as we got chatting and as we've had many times in terms of the experience, you know, he then really wanted to tell you. So he he really cornered you and you could tell, you know, it, as I was taking photos, I could sort of hear you fighting to be really interested in this YouTube channel, <laughs> like really trying to, to seem very engaged in it. But I mean, like it is kind of amazing. And, and we, we, I think we had a conversation like the three of us were talking, you know, like afterwards at least about just, you know, again, like myself, you and Julie, like when we went off to get a drink and get some food, I think, you know, like we, ha it's one of those things that like, it was it's such a specific interest and niche and there's almost something meditative and like religious about just it's not being done for anyone specifically it's not being done for profit he's just in there mm. recording those gigs and meticulously putting them on youtube with english subtitles you know why and then you know uploading <laughs> these and like tracking that engagement on youtube and just you know doing that day in day out in this little place tucked under the oh, yeah, tracks you know like it's just be beautiful, it's amazing beautiful and especially the, the 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 dichotomy of him 
going online to do this on YouTube, but yet the place being so higgledy-piggledy, just like completely cluttered and random, you know what I mean, with the seats and like getting a beer. He was like, oh, I, I think I have a couple cans left under the shelf. And it was like, under the shelf? Like, you don't have a fridge? Like, it was just, it, it was just like... It, you know, that's that, that such such a casual place, but like, yeah, again, his dedication. And Philip, we've seen this over and over and over again, that these guys and women um, are so, are just so dedicated and in love with the music. It's never about the money. Like it's, it's, well, obviously, it's clearly never about the money, because if it was, you would just take the space, renovate it and make a wine bar. And none of them do that. You know what I mean? So their their passion and their love for it always astounds me all the time. Oh, but speaking of about the money, again, Philip, I've buried the lead. You're, you're in very impressive, uh, especially for, you know, the salary of an independent academic. Was it was it a thousand US dollars that you purchased that photo for? Or was it a little more than that? Was it fifteen hundred? I forget. Well, like first of all, I um, would say I would say in no shape or form is that the lead. So that definitely wasn't buried. <laughs> just, just to be clear, so look. It was just one of those beautiful little moments because w one of the things that stood out. So when you go into this place, as you said, it's just complete clutter, and just and and then there's a tiny little upstairs space. Um, but the main event, I suppose, is when you at, the, at one end of the uh, facing the front door at the other end of the bar, uh, it has this alcove which is all covered in like fake brick wallpaper. And then there's a few paintings of jazz musicians and then a grand piano. There was a double bass in the corner wrapped up. And so obviously, and microphones, and that's obviously the live space that, you know, where the gigs take place. But when I came back down the stairs, I noticed on the wall, there was a really nice, like sort of A4, slightly bigger than A4 size portrait, like painting of John Coltrane. Of his face, just, 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 just the face. And I was like, and but I noticed also there was like a little, like a card on it with a price. So I thought, oh, well, that's interesting. You know, it certainly wasn't a thousand dollars as you rightfully know. But anyway, <laughs> um, I can't actually remember how much it was, but it wasn't, it was like, you know, like a hundred dollars, $120. No, it was, in, it was, in, it was incredibly affordable actually. Yes. I was it, was, it was bizarre it because it was, years. it was such a, it was one of those weird conversations, a bit like the Clifford one, because mm. I was trying to remember it this morning. I think basically it went something like this. I came down and you were sort of, you'd been chatting to him and then we were just all standing around and I said, oh, um, oh, I see you have these paintings up. Um, are you selling them? And he replied, no. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's just that you, there's a price tag on it. And he was like, well, I would sell it to someone who wants to buy it. <laughs> and I was like... Which is, which is just the most <laughs> in inexplicable answer you could possibly give right so i, I was like sell it if i was like somebody oh, wants to buy okay it. okay so and then <laughs> i said well i'd like to buy it and he went really and i was like yeah and then i and then he proceeded to give me like a discount on it as well which you know sometimes i would ask for but i hadn't necessarily asked for it and then he explained oh yeah like it's a friend of the shop you know he paints these things and like it had obviously been hanging up there for a while but so well, i thought well Philip, like, remember remember after we left after he had you know he took it down and he put it in a bag for you and you're carrying it and when when we left and we were walking um we were walking along the train tracks and and i think we we, we started joking about this like this dude's gonna get on the phone right now to call his friend and be like yo you won't believe what just happened <laughs> that that shit that's been up on the uh, on the steps i think it was in the stairwell right hanging on the wall like in the, to go upstairs like you won't believe it some random foreigner came in and paid me like a hundred bucks for it and that they're gonna go out drinking with the money i think we were making all these jokes for like half an hour afterwards just because his reaction was so curious 
That was um, so strange. But, like for, I mean, he's not. He definitely wasn't in sales in a, in a previous life because it was just like. Well, well, well the, I, the thing is, is the thing that was just so strange to me was just like if it was not for sale ever. Like I was like, no, no, this is just decoration. I would never sell it. That's fine. But the fact that there was kind of this weird price thing. Oh, so there was like a very visible price tag on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was so, so, like, such it was a strange like, reaction. It, it, it was, you know, his friend wanted to sell it years ago, but nobody ever had any interest. It's just, just the whole thing was just so bizarre. But it was actually the perfect end to the weekend because it was our last jazz spot and it was the one that we had tried multiple times to get into so not only did we finally get in and have the great chat with him um but you were able to get that as as a beautiful omiyage as a souvenir although i did think i did think i was being very clever right because i remember thinking oh well like i'll take it down and i'll leave the frame because i didn't want the frame to, to have to carry the frame i thought i can roll up this painting and put it in my luggage and then of course realized it was one of those ones that you get in like I remember it from working in Japanese schools where it's actually a hard, it's like a hard canvas. Like it's, it's wrapped, the canvas mm. is wrapped around a really stiff bit of card. So luckily as a throw, you know, throwback to a couple of previous episodes, I had, I just happened to have some records on me. So it slotted nicely into the record <laughs> bag. And I haven't framed it yet, but I just looking at the photos this morning, cause I photographed it before it came down off the wall and uh, we'll put it on the Instagram when the, the episode goes live, but I must get that in a frame. It's, it's just one of those really nice mementos. And I, I think it's also one of those things that probably you know like again once jazz yeah closes uh for whatever reason you know those sort of things will just get scrapped or like you know uh pulped or thrown away or whatever so it's kind of just a lovely it's a lovely thing to have you know um as a as a souvenir oh, as like a, a, but a memory by the way, of it. yeah i i i guess i should have said this at the beginning of the conversation but um there was quite a bit of confusion between you and I because uh, Jazz Ya, Jazz is written in the Katakana script, which you use as an alphabet, as we've talked about, I think, on the show many times for foreign words. But then it's the Chinese character uh, for home. So, But the Chinese character for home can be read in two different ways. It can be read as Ya or Ie. Or Uchi, um, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right, Uchi. So, so we just didn't know. On the telephone, like when I was calling and then, but then nobody ever answered, it didn't matter. But, but like we, we just didn't, we just had no idea what the shop was actually even called because it's also one of the rare shops that the sign outside um, is not very visible. And then when you do see it, it's you know it's really small and it is written in Japanese. So like a lot of the a lot of the shop names in Japan, as people who've bought the book have seen, are usually written in Latin letters. Maybe sometimes they have a Japanese underneath it, uh, but very often it's written in Latin letters, what they call romaji in Japanese, because it sticks out more and it gives that sort of feel. It's like oh, this is a jazz place, but Jazz Ya did not have that. But there was something quite quite sweet about that that he just called it Jazz Home. You know, I, I really like that because that was sort of the feeling that he wanted to give when when he went on his whole spiel about that. You know, um, but anyways, but as was, we know, of course. Of, as we know, of course, jazz yeah has another whole meaning as well, but that's not something that we want to necessarily get into right now. But uh, we've been schooled very, uh, in inverted very commas deep, on, deep on the meaning of jazz. Yeah. Much, we will save save for our members only podcast that comes out one night with all the blue outtakes. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Philip, yeah. this was a, yeah, this was a great way to end our um, our Osaka visit. Was it? Sorry, was it three days over four? parts or uh, hang on a minute let me just let me just get my calculator four, it was five days over three separate trips I'd it was four parts over three days you yeah, can't get me now lovely, on this one. another great podcast series uh, philip before i forget um and before we log off uh, let's circle back a little bit. Uh, yes, it was a great Osaka trip anyway. And on our next episode, we will continue with your journey down south. To yes. Some more exotic locations in Japan, which I'm very eager to hear about because you have some stories that uh, you have not shared with me yet. You insisted on keeping secret for six months. So I am very it's been eager. that long. Uh, a couple of places that I sent you to that I had visited previously, but which you had what I assume were curious experiences in? i'd say one of the places one of the places um far far and away in the top five that i've ever been to like and that's out of 190 odd that we've been to together so that's quite something i mean it 
this place great. i cannot wait to talk about uh, you've been there too but oh. i cannot wait to talk about uh my experience i i went actually went twice in the same day and it was just it's just it's incomparable this place like it's i i am easily so top five to hear that possibly um, top three you know we, before we head out uh a little bit more book talk just briefly um last night uh i dropped by shinjuku to visit our very old friend miyazaki-san at samurai samurai uh, the amazing old jazz joint right next to the southern exit of shinjuku station we've talked about it a lot there's a whole episode dedicated episode four of the podcast series is is all about samurai so if you're interested in in why samurai is complicated uh, go back and give it a listen but i decided to bring him a book uh because whatever about samurai my feelings are which are very complex good and bad um miyazaki-san is someone that i've known for almost 20 years and uh, as I mentioned on our on our long episode about it, you know that was the place uh, when my my first child was born uh, at a hospital right around the corner. So I went to to go and to have some drinks to celebrate, and he sat me down and he he gave me a very serious talk about the you know the beauty of having a child and you know this and that. And then he said like a sort of Shinto prayer. Shinto is the Japanese indigenous religion, and he busted out a bottle of sake. So that's always been a really you know precious memory for me with him. Uh, and uh, so I brought him the book. And Philip, I'm not joking, man. He, th- n- there's no artifice with Miyazaki-san, if you remember. You met him a couple times. Like, he is who he is, this very old, complicated Japanese hippie. And uh, he opened it up, and he looked at every single photograph and had a comment on every single one. Really? We're talking 150 pages. So I got through three very tall bottles of Ebis while this was going on. So I was a little bit tipsy by the time I left. I only meant to come and give him the book and take a photo and chat with him for five minutes. I didn't realize because, well, it was Friday, but but nobody was there because it was a gigantic rainstorm outside. So I was there from 5.30 to 7.30, and it was just us. I mean, that was staggering so, because, like, when you think we, I know we we we've obviously got a whole episode on Samurai, but like we have referenced it uh, on on the first of these uh, four of the first episode of these this four parter, and like we we talked about you know my my impression was how busy it was, right? And we talked about how right. you know it had opened up to a different clientele and all that kind of thing. So when you when I saw that video, I mean, I you know correctly did not answer your call because I knew you'd had three bottles of beer. But when I saw that video after the fact, <laughs> uh, you know, I couldn't believe that you were there on your own. Like, because that must be a very hard thing to, to do now unless, you know, you're in there after hours or, you know, when it's not open or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it was nuts. And it, and it was so it was sort of like so perfect because it, it gave us the time to really talk about it. And he was he was so effusive in his praise of the book uh, because he himself used to take a lot of pictures so he was saying oh look at the low angle on this and oh the photographer wow who am I this man I was like my 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 he's okay he's he's not bad. Um, he's, all right. he's all right he's it's it's all about the joints the pictures are fine yeah uh, but yeah he was uh he was so happy and then at the end uh he 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 closed the book uh he put it over by his desk and he said um I'm going to share this with everyone uh, but I don't want to let them touch it because it'll get dirty because it's a takaramono, which in Japanese means oh, like wow. a treasure, you know? And I was just like, Philip, you can imagine, I was just a blubbering idiot after that because of all my feelings about Samurai and then to, to, to hear how much he loved the book. And, and of course, he didn't charge me for anything that I drank. He was like, no, 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 please, you know, he did all that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was really lovely to, to share that. And, 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 you know, it's interesting because when we were talking about it, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't get too many gigs, you know, because I'm always here. But he knew so many of the Kisaten in there, the Tokyo ones, the ones mm. outside Tokyo, he didn't really know. But he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, Pe- Pepe is closed. He's like, oh, yeah, Ikokan, is that guy still there? He's the film director, right? He's like, oh, yeah, Stick, the one behind Alta, that's really sad mm. that closed. I used to go there. So he, he was giving this sort of commentary as he's reading through the book and then recognizing ones that had closed or some that he had heard of. He was like, oh, 
octet. That's in Yamagata. Yes, yes, yes. I've heard of that. It's a famous kisaten, isn't it? I've never been there. And so it was just, um, it was a really great couple hours. And uh, just just more, you know, sort of confirmation that what we're doing is, again, not to pat ourselves on the back, but, you know, what we're doing is is, is really good and valuable because the owners themselves are really appreciating the project. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to hear that because, and thank you for doing that, you know, it, it's it's a shame I can't, although it's, it's sort of probably slightly cringier for me, you know, the thought of someone just looking through each photo is like excruciating that very idea of like standing watching but i mean it's amazing yeah. because not only that you know like samurai obviously i think there's i think there are three photos in there of samurai and there's the the door there's the general clutter and the records and then there's also the the huge massive mannequin echo behind the curtain and i mean yeah i mean it's just it's just really gratifying you know to to think back, I mean, I'm getting quite emotional. I haven't even had three tall ebisu, but like to think back <laughs> to those early days when we were in Samurai and uh, like I remember taking those photos and it was such an uncertain time in terms of like, you know, is this going to go anywhere? And like we were really just mm. getting started and like to think, you know, all all those years later, you know, like that he's there and, and just to see someone like him who, who, as you say, like is a complicated guy and, you know, you, you don't know quite what you're going to get and to, to take the time and care to like go through the book like that it's just a wonderful thing to hear and like i'll i'll do yeah, a post yeah. and, and and share some of it those was, images you know it was really it was really special yeah because you know he you know he he knew that as well like you know how many years that i've been visiting jazz kisa and then the fact that we had some places in there that he was even like where is this in japan exactly <laughs> you know and i was like oh Brilliant. that's i think it was futo in kito kyushu he's like what, what, what futo like wow that's a great sign but where is this you know and i was like oh it's it's well we have it kito kyushu was kind of in between it was along the road blah blah blah, blah. so he was he was kind of like you guys are almost like he didn't say crazy but he's like you guys are pretty pretty maniacal about getting to these places. I was like, yeah, that's just what we do is what the whole essence of the project is to visit these, you know, not just the famous ones. Of course we want to include the famous ones. We, Basie's going to be in there. Eagle's going to be in there, you know? Um, but we also want to like find these other places because this is, this is part of this world. And uh, yeah, getting, getting that praise from him really was something. So um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a great night. It was a great experience. And we'll definitely, I told him that when you're back, we'll, we'll come by and, and we'll sign it uh, together for him, you know? And, uh, uh, and have a toast so amazing yeah just, well look uh, just just some good times thank you for doing that and i think that's a, a beautiful uh high note to end on um and um yeah i look forward to when we're back there uh hopefully getting it to ourselves and and it would be nice to sit there just for a couple of hours and listen to some tunes and mm. and, and play some records maybe we can organize a little lock-in or something with Miyazaki-san and uh, spend a couple hours after they're closed. But look, we're going to wrap things up there today. That's that's our, our journey, less epic than Kyushu in terms of the time and the distance, but certainly um, just as eventful. So we'll be back in a couple of weeks where, as James said, I'll carry on my journey um, and um, we can share a couple of the places that we've been to separately and a couple that, uh, that I was able to go to that James hasn't quite made it to yet. But either way, there'll be plenty of stories to share. We never normally say this, but it's, I've been listening to other podcasts recently and, you know, they're very big on it. But like if, if you do like the podcast and we know that, you know, we a lot of people are listening. There's probably a couple of thousand listens for each episode, which is just beyond our wildest dreams. But if you're listening to it on Spotify or Apple or Google Podcasts, wherever it is, do give us a review or hit that uh, star button if you like what you hear and, and get us up those charts. I do every so often get these random emails never, you know that, never never normally say that you've said that like dozens of times oh i never really Seriously? say that because i'm not really that bothered but it's just interesting because i was listening to a podcast the other day and someone sure was saying oh, said that sure we're, we're, get, <laughs> sure we're getting like before. a thousand listens per episode and i thought well that's that that's that's like half of what we get and so it would be nice you know if you want yeah. just give us a review rate us um uh, maybe James will finally get this Dream Orion uh, sponsorship if we can get up onto those charts, not just charting 33rd uh, well, place you, in you, Armenia, hey, look, but I, uh, right across. I'm handling Orion. you you got to handle Bushmills and Guinness. So come on, get on it. You're there, man. Good point. Let's Good get point. it going. Look, right. Philip, like I said, I mean, I'm so appreciative of all our listeners. And as I always tell my kids, never underestimate the power of two middle-aged men talking about jazz cafes because what? if you can get 
if you can get 3,000 listeners for that, you can get listeners for anything. You know, that's <laughs> don't let anybody tell you you can't succeed with your projects because we thought that literally you and I would be the only people listening to this for a little fun when we did episode one. And now we've got listeners around the world. So, I mean, anything is possible, man. Very concerning parenting advice that to end on. Never underestimate the power of two middle-aged men talking about jazz cafes. What, what a concerning, <laughs> what a problematic statement to finish with. Please don't start a parenting podcast. There's plenty of those anyway. Listen, <laughs> clear off. I'll see you in two weeks' time. You bet, buddy. Take it easy. See ya.